Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. We're starting off a brand new series called Idols of the Heart. Somebody say Idols of the Heart. The month of June, you cannot miss it. Four weeks where we're talking about four different idols that God wants to deal with us. And I believe the next four weeks are going to be extremely, extremely important. And I believe we're going to be dealing with issues that all of us are are going to face, have faced. Idols of the heart. I want you to grab your Bibles and I want you to go to the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 115. Go to Psalm 115. Psalm 115. As you're going there, look at the person sitting next to you and tell them you look fantastic this morning. Smile at somebody. Our online family, we love you. Calvary Online, people watching in different states, different parts of the country. Uh, I believe we've already gone over 60 countries all over the world that are tuned in at one port or another, which is absolutely awesome. Look at the person on the other side and tell them that you look better than the first person I turned to. (laughs) Psalm 115. Psalm 115, we're kicking off part one of this series. The next four Sundays, I really believe they're going to be absolutely important, vital, crucial to our life, to our spiritual formation. Um, Not only are we doing connect groups, youth camp, guys night, I believe this series is going to help us in the month of June. July, we're doing one on spiritual disciplines. The next two months, we're going in as a church. Put on your seatbelt, bring your notebooks. We're going to go deep and we're going to mature in our faith. We're going to get closer to God, look more like Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. By the way, um, something's in the water because there's like six couples that are pregnant right now in our church. And so uh, just drink the water. I don't know. Drink the water. But uh, I just looked and yeah, there's a couple of people that are pregnant. John, you you might be next. I don't know. Psalm 115. So July, we're going to do that series. And then August, September are going to be incredible. I I love where we're headed as a church. We are moving forward. Psalm 115. uh, Let's go down to verse 2. This is going to serve as the base scripture for our series for the next four weeks. I want you to think about these verses. Maybe highlight them, write them down. Let them sit on your heart, mind, and soul for the next few weeks. I, I do believe it's God's word for us for this month. And it's beautiful what God's word says. Beginning in verse 2, the psalmist writes, Why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel. Feet, but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. I think that's powerful. I think that's profound. It's deep. It's beautiful. It's talking about idols. And uh, I think we're living 
in a society, in a day and age where all of us have idols that are competing for God's place in our heart. And so I want these verses to sink in and I want you to think about them for the next four weeks and go to them throughout the week and just read them and let them get deep down in your heart. We're going to talk about four idols in the next four weeks that I believe we all deal with, we all have to handle, we all have to pray about. And today we're going to start with the first one. Today we're talking about the idol of pride. And I've titled this message, The Deception of Pride. The Deception of Pride. Somebody say that with me. Come on. The Deception of Pride. Let's talk about pride. I believe it's an idol that is in all of our hearts. And so let's pray that God would deal with us today, whether you're here or watching online. Let's pray. And then over the next 25, 26 minutes, we'll talk about Jesus. We'll talk about this idol and how we can overcome it and uh, be more like him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you, God, as we kick off summer at Calvary, this brand new series, Idols of the Heart. I pray that you would deal with us, talk to us. I pray that you would minister to us as we read your word, study your word, and as we talk and have this conversation, not just on Sundays, but throughout Connect Groups, God, that we would be more mature and look more like you and start to be formed in the likeness of your son, God. We thank you for Calvary Church here and everybody connected online. Thank you for this family called Calvary. We pray that you would bless us today. Help us to see you and be more like you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Amen. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Amen. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. The late, great former president, um, Ronald Reagan, was having a speech one time in Mexico City. He was holding a speech. This is when he was uh, governor of California. And the story goes that he was giving this speech in Mexico City and he noticed that the crowd was not clapping. They weren't very excited about what he was sharing. He finished his speech to little or no applause and he sits down and he's frustrated. He's bewildered. He can't, he's confused. What, it, what just happened? I think I gave a pretty good speech. I think it's what the people want to hear. And he sits down confused. The next speaker goes up and he begins to speak. And he notices that the whole crowd is clapping. Everybody is cheering on the man. Everybody is excited about this man's speech. He doesn't want to be the only one not clapping. The man was speaking in Spanish. So Ronald Reagan begins to clap as well. He's like, I might as well join and clap for what the man is saying. There was an ambassador that was sitting next to him and he leans over and he says, I, I don't think you want to do that. And Ronald Reagan's confused. He doesn't know why. And he says, he's interpreting your speech. You're clapping for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought about that because I think this is our world today. We're living in a society and in a culture where all of us are clapping for ourselves. We're clapping at our brilliance. We're clapping at how smart we are, how good we look, how great our Instagram is, how much people like us, follow us. And if we're not clapping for ourselves, we certainly want people to clap for us. We're living in a world that is seeking, looking for people to clap for them. Did you see what I did today? Did you see what I accomplished? Have you seen my Instagram feed? Clap for me. And we're living in a world where the main idol is the idol of self-pride. It's the idol of us. It's the glorification of self. Look at me, 
Look at what I've done. Look at how brilliant I am. Look at how much knowledge I have. And it's easy to say, well, that's happening in the world. Can I tell you it's happening in the church as well? We're drunk off our own anointing. We're drunk off our own positions. We have sipped and we have drank our own Kool-Aid and we think that we are brighter, smarter than anybody else. One commentator said, in the former days, we used to look outward for knowledge, for wisdom. In today's world, we look inwardly and we are the ultimate authority of our lives. This is what's happening in the world. Augustine, a church father and probably one of the greatest thinkers of the Christian faith, he said, we are curved inwardly on ourselves rather than outward for God. We look to ourselves, what do I think about this and what plan can I come up with and what does my heart tell me what to do in this circumstance and situation and we are looking inwardly instead of outwardly. And I really believe that that's a challenge, that's a pride when we begin to put self-pride in the throne of our hearts. The Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy that in the last days we would become lovers of self. People who are in love with themselves. There's an issue there. And I think that the problem or the challenge, the dilemma with pride is that the God of me is limited to the flaws in me. If I become the God of myself, I will be limited. I will be challenged by all the flaws in me. I want to be the God of my own life, but what I, don't look, what I don't see and what pride blinds is that I am just as flawed as everybody else. I don't have all the knowledge. I don't have all the wisdom. I'm not as smart as I think I am. I'm not as brilliant as I think I am. I'm not as strong as I think I am. And the God of me will not listen to the wisdom of God or the wisdom of others. There's a problem with the God of me. And it's that it does not want to accept correction from anybody, especially God. Are you hearing me, church? That's a major issue that we're having today. I don't want to listen to nobody. I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do with my life. I think I know what I'm doing. I'm pretty smart. Been in church 15 years. Oh, I know I bumped my head a couple times. Can't nobody tell me what to do. And we run our own lives, we make our own choices. I will date whoever I want, marry whoever I want, open whatever business. Don't tell me how to spend my money. Don't tell me how to worship. Don't tell me how many times I gotta go to church. Don't tell me how I should treat my wife or my husband. Don't tell me how I should raise my kids. I know exactly what I'm doing. And we've removed God out of the seat of our throne, of our hearts, and we placed ourselves, but we are gonna run ourselves into destruction. And I believe that we are drowning in the choices of the God of me. Because the God of me is not that smart the God of me is not that brilliant and there is only one God who knows all there's only one God who is in control of all who has all the wisdom all the power all the knowledge and I think it's time we put him back in the throne of our hearts God you alone lead my life talk to me guide me are you hearing me church who's sitting in the throne of your heart today are we placing ourselves or are we saying, God, you lead me? I think it's time that we remove idols from our heart. And let's start with ourselves. Maybe I shouldn't be making all the choices of my life. Maybe I should lean into God. 
And maybe, God, you make the choices for my life. God, you lead me. God, you speak to me. God, you guide me. God, you help me in this relationship, in this marriage, in this family, in raising kids. I need it now. God, help me. God, in everything that life has, God, you help me. But here's what I would say. God will not share the throne of our hearts. I'm going to say that one more time. God will not share the throne of our hearts. You cannot continue to live your own way and how you want whenever you want. You cannot sit on the throne and give God just a little space and say, come on, God, let's sit right here. God will not share a throne. He doesn't want to rent you. He wants to own you. And there's a difference between rental and ownership. And why he wants to sit on the throne of our hearts is because it's out of love, out of his eternal deep love. He says, if you let, let me get the driver's seat of your life, I'll steer you in the right way. I'll lead you to a good destiny. I got a hope and a future for you. I got good things for your life, but let me drive the car of your life. Otherwise, you will crash and burn, but I'll take you to a good future. I'll take you to blessings. I'll take you to the promised land. Come on, somebody. Let's get God drive our life and not ourselves and so I put it this way today if you hear anything I want you to hear this if you can be empty of self you can be full of the spirit if you can be empty of self you can be full of the spirit today's Pentecost Sunday where we are celebrating and remembering when the Holy Spirit fell and today if you want the Holy Spirit to fall upon you you need to say God less of me and more of you God, take me off the throne, and you sit on the throne of my heart. Amen? Amen? We're talking about idols because I believe every single one of us, we deal with idols. And it may not necessarily be an idol as we think of old-type idols, but we have all kinds of idols in today's culture. What is an idol? I believe that an idol is valuing something above God. Pastor John Piper put it this way, anything in the world that successfully competes with our love for God is an idol. Anything that competes with your attention, with your time, with our worship, anything that competes with God becomes an idol in our life. That means that relationships can become an idol. People can become an idol. That, that means products can become an idol. Today, we're living, I think one of the biggest idols is our iPhones. It's an idol. <laughs> like, we, we, give our, we give our iPhone more attention than we do God. First thing we do when we wake up is check our email, check our text, check our social media, instead of giving God the first of the morning and saying, God, I worship you, I love you, I thank you. Right, we got all kinds of idols. It's people, it's places, it's products, and it can be ourselves. It can be pride or self-image. God, what's, what's the idol that I have in my heart? John Calvin said this about idols. He said, the human heart is a perpetual factory of idols. Ooh. Wow, that cuts deep. Literally, our hearts are producing idols every single day. Something is calling your attention every single day, calling for you to worship it, to give it time, to value it above God. Our hearts are always producing idols. What idol is going to sit on my heart today? Is it my phone? Is it this relationship? Is it the way people validate me? Is it the way I look? Is it the way that the promotion that I may get? Is it the position that I have in life? Our hearts are always coming up with idols in our hearts. What idols is our heart producing today? We got to say, God, I want you alone to be the one that sits on the throne of my heart. 
And so we got to be careful. Do we, we have a history of idol worship. I mean, this is how the enemy, Satan, came to humanity. He, he came close to Eve, and in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, look what he says. He says, oh, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Notice the, the, the serpent, the snake, Satan, he comes up to Eve, and he says, surely you can eat of the fruit, because if you eat of the fruit, you're going to be like God. It's pride. It's the idol of pride. Oh, eat the fruit. You're, you're going to have so much wisdom. Your eyes will be open. You'll know good and evil. You'll be like God. Today, we have humanity trying to be God. Well, let's see what, let's see what scripture says about sex. No, no, I, I know. I'm God. And I can give you what morality is. Well, well, I think that, that there's a God, sovereign, supreme, who's given us infinite wisdom. No, no. Well, let's see what the Bible says about sin. No, no. Well, let's, say, let's see what it says about gender. No, no, I, I know better than God. Well, let's see what it says ab about food. No, no, I know more than God. Well, let's see what it says about temper and angers. No, no, I can, I can behave the way I want to. Right? And so we want to be like God. And we've removed God from the throne of our hearts and we've placed ourselves. It, it, this is profound because the implications of it in our culture, in our society, run deep when we remove God and place ourselves as God. It's happened all throughout history because humanity, we were made to worship. Every single one of us, we worship something. Maybe you're saying, well, I don't worship. I don't even worship God. I'm, maybe you're sitting here and you're an atheist. Even atheists worship something. To worship, one of the meanings of the word worship is to give worth to or to make something worthy. When you spend enough time with the person that you love, you're saying they're worthy. You are worshiping that person. If you, pers if you place that person above God, you are making them holier, better than God. You are worshiping them over God. Are you hearing me? And so every single one of us, we worship something. You may not know it, but you were made to worship. There's something inside of you that wants to worship. It needs to worship. God's, the Bible says that he put eternity in the hearts of men. And so we were created to worship. If I can't worship God, I'm going to worship this product. I'm going to worship this person. I'm going to worship this thing. Or I'm going to worship myself. And you just wait long enough and you'll find out you're, you are worshiping something. The Bible says in the book of Exodus chapter 32, when Moses brought up the people of God from Egypt, they are crossing through the desert. And Moses goes up to Mount Sinai to hear from God, and he's bringing down the Ten Commandments. Moses took too long. So the people of God made a golden calf. They literally grabbed all the jewelry, they melted it together, and they made a golden calf to worship something because the heart was made to worship. And so what they did is that they copied the gods of they, that they remembered in Egypt. Some of us, when God is taking too long, we go back to former gods. And we begin to worship old things that used to live in our life. God, you're taking too long in my life. In Exodus chapter 32, Moses took too long to come down. So they worshiped the golden calf. And because of that sin, 3,000 people died. 
But in Acts chapter 2, the disciples waited on the Lord. The Holy Spirit fell down and 3,000 people got saved. Oh, I'm telling you, if you can worship and wait on God, he will fill you. He will help you. He will lead us. He will guide us. But you got to put your focus right. God, you're taking too long to answer this. I'm going to worship my own decisions. God, you're taking too long to fix this issue of my marriage, so I'm going to make my own path. God, you're taking too long to fix my child, so I'm going to do what I want to do. God, you're taking too long to break this addiction, so I'm just going to live life how I want to live it. God, I've been single for way too long, so I'm just going to sleep around with whoever I want. If you worship and wait on the Holy Spirit, he will fill you, lead you, guide you. Don't go after the golden calf because you'll end up destroyed. Come on, you hearing me, church? God, I'm going to worship you and you alone. But pride, it's a secret sin. And it blinds us. It will creep up in our heart and it will leave us blind. And all of us, we go after idols. Joshua, the series that we just finished, if you read along with us, toward the very end, Joshua tells the people of God, don't go after idols. Seek God. He's about to pass. He's about to go sleep with the fathers, the Bible says. Joshua's an old man now. He's led them into the promised land. They've conquered cities. They've removed evil kings. They are finally at peace. And Joshua says, just don't go after idols. The following book is the book of Judges, meaning God began to raise up people to help the people of God. And look what happens in Judges chapter 2, verses 10 and 12. It says, and all that generation, they were also gathered to their fathers, meaning they all died. And, though, and there arose another generation after them that did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them and bowed down to them. After God had done everything he did for them, after he split the Red Sea, after he split the Jordan River, after the walls of Jericho came down, after he made the sun stand still, after everything that God had done for them, they forgot to tell the next generation about a God that was good and faithful and kind and a deliverer and a warrior and God who gives us victory. And the next generation came and they did not know God and they began to say, serve the idols of their hearts. God have mercy on us if we don't tell the next generation there's a God who's better than any God. There's a God who's better than an iPhone. There's a God who's better than a girl or a guy. There's a God that's better than sex. There's a God that's better than food. There's a God that's better than validation from anybody around me. I don't need you to validate me. I got God who validates me. There's a God who fights for me. There's a God who defends me. There's a God who blesses me. There's a God who I serve and he's the real God. He's an awesome God. I won't bow to any other God. I won't bow down to money or fame, but I worship the one true living God. Come on, somebody. He alone is worthy of all the glory, of all the honor, and of all the praise. What, is, what are the idols of our hearts today? God, I, I, this is why it's so important to come to church with your family. I, I see parents all the time. 
Hey, where's your child today? They didn't, they didn't feel like coming. I just left them at home. I didn't have that option growing up. Mom, I'm not going to church. I don't feel good. The Lord's going to heal you in service. You're coming. <laughs> right? But I thank God for that. We got to tell the next generation. Judges chapter 2. There came a generation after Joshua's generation that did not know the Lord. I'm not going to let the government educate my kids and tell them who God is. I'm not going to let friends in school tell them who God is. I'm bringing them to church. Little Junior or little Diana is going to come to church every Sunday. <laughs> Right, because we got to tell the next generation there's a God. You got to serve Him and love Him. And He wants the throne of your heart because He only He can lead you well. I know you got feelings. I know you got inclinations. We're, we all got proclivities of our heart. We all got things that we want to go after and urges and feelings and emotions. But you line that up to God. And He will lead your life. Don't follow your feelings. Don't follow self because self will destroy you. All you have to do is look at the last 30, 40 years. The God of self will lead us to destruction. And church, that's happening today. The God that we're serving is no longer the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In our country, we're serving the God of me, myself, and I. It's replaced that God. Today, some of us have made choices, not because God has told us, but because we felt like it. Today, some of us, we, we've gotten in trouble in our family, in our marriages, in our relationships. Not because God told us to make certain choices, but because we felt like it. Our heart told us, our feelings, our emotions, and, and we let this God take over our heart. I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to be in dream team. I'm not going to be in a connect group. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to fix this issue. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to pray. The God of self is deceiving and he's a liar. It's the deception of pride. The reformer, Protestant reformer Martin Luther, he said this, whatever your heart clings to and relies upon, that is your God. Trust and faith of the heart alone make both God and idol in other words today you can choose to worship and have faith in God but you can choose to have faith and trust in yourself either you make God God and you say God you, you, you take control of me take control of my life God help me lead me all of us need help we're not that great or you can make yourself God and continue to trust and have faith in all of your feelings and all of your emotions, but it won't get you very far. I'll finish with these last three things and then let's pray together. Number one, what do we do? I think number one, we need to look inside. Look inside. What I mean by that is if we all really take an examination test of ourselves, and if we're really honest, and this only works if you're really honest, if you're really honest with yourself, you'll see that you're not that great. And I know it's not a very encouraging message. <laughs> I'm going to pray and that's how we're going to finish Sunday. <laughs> but man, there are some things in this world that will make us believe we are great. You're not that great. Today, 
One of the most words, one of the most used phrases, words are, I'm self-made. If you were self-made, make yourself again. You can't. I can't. I'm not self-made. There's a God who made me. I'm, I'm limited in what I can do. And I'm not saying that we're not brilliant. And I'm not saying there's some incredibly genius people in this room and watching it. God has given us all kind of ingenuity and talents and gifts. But if you look deep down inside, you will find we are all sinners. That's what I mean. Man, I may be gifted. I may be talented. But deep down inside, I know I need God. And today, if we're really, really honest, you can say you need God. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 14, verses 2 and 3, the Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. The Bible says they all have turned aside. Together they become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Wow. All of them have become corrupt. Deep down inside the human heart, I don't care how kind you are, how nice you are, how cute you may look, we are corrupt, wicked, and sinful on the inside. And if I put that person on the throne of my heart, it will lead me to destruction. With all my strength, with all my wisdom, with all my giftings, with all my abilities and capabilities, and with everything I can do, yes, you're gifted, yes, you're talented, yes, God has blessed you, yes, you have an anointing, you have an incredible charisma, yes, God wants to use all of that for his glory, but make sure he's on the throne of your heart. Because deep down inside, the heart is wicked and deceitful, the Bible says, who can understand it? Number one, look inside. Number two, I think we need to seek outside. Augustine said, you know, we've turned inwardly for knowledge and we are the ultimate authority. But, but really, back in the day, we used to look outside. God, I need knowledge. I need wisdom. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to seek outside. What does that mean? Look to the hands of the Father that have created creation. Wow, I thought I was pretty good. I thought I was talented. I thought I was brilliant. I thought I was smart. But I look and I see that there's clouds that are formed. I see there's trees that are breathing. I see that there's a rainbow in the sky. I see that a sun is shining. And I don't even know how that all works. They explained it to me in eighth grade, but I can't understand it. And if I think about it long enough, smoke will begin to come out of my ears. And I have to understand there's a God who's smarter. There's a God who's wiser. There's a God who's intelligent. There's a God who holds the whole world in his hands. And if I need a God to lead my life, it's not going to be me but it's going to be him because he's a genius because he's strong because he's mighty and he can lead me well are you hearing me church come on today instead of looking inwardly for the ultimate authority in my life I'm going to seek God outside of myself seek outside of yourself Roman Romans chapter 1 verses 22-23 the band can come up from the creation of the world God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly observed in what he has made as a, as a result, people have no excuse. They knew God, but they did not praise and thank him for being God. Instead, their thoughts were pointless, the Bible says. And their misguided minds were plunged into darkness. While claiming to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for statues that look like mortal humans, birds, animals, and snakes. Paul is saying, you have no excuse. Look outside and you will see there's a mighty good God. 
He's awesome. He's a creator God. And the same way he made the universe, he wants to shape and form your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. Don't exchange that mighty God for a foolish pride. For something that looks like yourself. Wow, Paul. I, I don't know about you, but I needed that. How many times, and, and you may say, I, I never bowed down to a statue. I've never bowed down to any idol. How many times do we bow down to ourselves in our decision, in our choices? We do it. Number one, look inside. Number two, seek outside. And number three, receive help. Where does help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Today, I think we need to stop bowing down to self. And today, what what we got to do as a church, Calvary, this is what we got to do today. We got to bow down before God. Say, God, I'm not that great. God, I've been bowing down to my own decisions, my own plans, my own will, my own emotions, my own feelings. But today, I, I want to bow down before you. And I want to receive help that comes from God. It's Pentecost Sunday, and, and we remember what happened in the book of Acts. The Bible says that Jesus told the disciples to wait in the upper room because they were going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus ascends to heaven. The disciples in chapter 2 go to an upper room and they are waiting. And in a moment, the Holy Spirit comes down and fills them. And they all begin to speak in tongues and prophesy and praise God. And it's a beautiful thing that happens. I believe it was a response to what happened in, Acts cha- in, in Exodus chapter 32 where they were worshiping a golden calf and that day they got destroyed in Acts chapter 2 they waited on God and in that day they got filled and blessed 3,000 people got saved as they're proclaiming and praising God some of us today we need to say God I bow down to you I want us to stand up to our feet all across this place and as we start this series today we started with self we started with pride we're going to ask God today that maybe we've been serving the God of us. Maybe we've been bowing down to our own choices, our own wisdom, our own smarts, our own strength. And today we need to say, God, we repent because some of us have been drunk off this idol. We've drank our own Kool-Aid. Come on, why don't we close our eyes all across this place? I think it's going to be a powerful month where we remove idols from our hearts. I'm so excited and I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to work in an incredible way in our church. I believe for the next four weeks we're going to mature, we're going to grow and it starts right here, right now. Come on, why don't we lift up our hands to heaven. Father, we thank you, we love you, we worship you. God, you alone are worthy of all the glory, of all the praise. Come on, why don't, you, why don't you begin to open up your mouth and you begin to pray right there where you're at. Use your outside voice and, and you lift up worship before God. Come on, he wants to hear worship from you. And maybe sometimes with our mouth, we've, we've said things that we should have said or, or we've, we've applauded our own selves. Today, come on, why don't you worship God? God, we love you. We lift you up. We worship you, God. You alone deserve all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for your your, your, the price that you paid. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your gift. 
Today I worship you. I love you. Come on, somebody just begin to tell them, I love you, God. I love you, God, more than I love myself, more than the air that I breathe. Your God, lead me, fill me. Come on, Holy Spirit, come upon us today on Pentecost Sunday. Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Maybe we've made our own decisions. Maybe we've followed ourselves and our own plans. Today, God, we bow down before you and we worship you as a church. Come on, here and online. God, we lift you up. We love you, Lord. We bless your name. Come on, why don't you begin to open up your mouth and say a prayer to God and begin to bless him today. God, we love you. We love you. We love you. We bless you today. We honor you today. We lift you up. There's none like you, God, in heaven, on earth, or below the earth. God, you're God and you're God all by yourself. We bless your name. We honor you today. We worship you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. You're worthy of all the glory of all the honor thank you jesus thank you father you are the wonderful counselor you are emmanuel we worship you jesus hallelujah thank you lord come on somebody let's lift them up his name is worthy his name deserves all the glory and all the praise hallelujah we love you jesus hallelujah we thank you god thank you lord thank you jesus hallelujah Some of us repent 
If you need to ask for forgiveness, just speak to the Lord. He's there with you. You can talk to God any place, anywhere. Come on, I believe that the Holy Spirit is here. He wants to hear from you. God, we repent if we worshiped the God of self. Forgive us today if we've replaced you with ourselves on the throne of our hearts. If we followed our feelings, emotions, our thoughts, our ideas, our wisdom, our strength, we are limited. We are finite and we are corrupt. But you are holy. You are awesome in power and might. You are wise and you are infinite. Our God is a great God. Praise the Lord. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Today, we, we join with creation as the trees worship you, as, as the clouds worship you, as animals recognize that there's a creator, God. We join with all creation and we say, holy, 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 like the angels in heaven are singing around your throne right now. We join in that voice. We are not the center of the universe. You are God. And so today we worship you. We honor you. We ask that you fill us with your spirit. Empty us of us so that we can be full of you. And as you lead, drive, and fill the throne of our hearts, you heal, you direct, you save, you free, you deliver. Come on, as we're praying, I believe there's people here God wants to heal today. I believe that there's people here today that you, your own choices have led you to a place you're not content you're not happy you're not satisfied and you know it's been your own choosing your own desires your own choices in life that have left you upset today you can say God take the reins of my life and as you do he'll begin to heal marriages he's going to heal relationships he's going to begin to heal hearts minds hallelujah thank you Lord Thank you, Jesus. Oh, serving the God of you will lead you frustrated. Serving the God of you will lead you upset. But when you serve God, he works out all things for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Church, I sense the Holy Spirit is here. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I know sometimes we come in and out, but come on, church, let's be a church that presses in praise come on take take opportunity right now to say God I worship you he's healing people right now he's breaking chains right now he's moving he's healing he's freeing say God remove me from the throne of my heart and you sit on my heart you lead you guide me hallelujah hallelujah he's a good God Maybe your own choices have left you in a bad place, but he's a God that redeems everything. Thank you for grace, God. With eyes closed, head bowed, we're leaving in just a moment. If you're here today and you're saying, Alex, I don't know this God you're talking about. Maybe it's your first time here, your first time watching, or maybe you've been coming for a while, but you've never made a decision to follow God. Maybe you're saying, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe that's for other people. I don't know if God wants anything to do with me. I'm here to tell you, he wants everything to do with you. He loves you so much. The Bible says all of us are sinners, all of us are corrupt, 
But the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whosoever believes in him will not die, but have everlasting life. Today, as eyes are closed, heads are bowed, come on, in a moment of prayer, privacy, if you're here today, you say, Alex, I need forgiveness. Today, I, I, want, I want to repent. I want a relationship with God. The Bible says that Jesus came and he carried my sin, your sins on his shoulders, went up on the cross, and he died for every single one of us. Our sin should have killed us, but Jesus says, I'll take death so you can have life. The Bible says that Jesus died on that cross. He went down to a grave for three days. After three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. My friend, that's the answer of life. It's Jesus. You've been looking for peace, hope, joy, everywhere else. It can only be found in Jesus. The human heart can only be satisfied in him. If you're here watching online and you're saying, Alex, I need that hope, that joy, that forgiveness, I need that. Today, I wanna to begin again. Maybe you've known God for a long time and you walked away and today you're saying, Alex, I need to come back home. I wanna start this relationship with God over again. I need forgiveness. I'm a, I need a brand new start with every eye closed, with every head bowed. I'm gonna to count to three, if that's you, can you just raise your hand? With every eye closed, every head bowed, if that's you, can you wave your hand? I wanna see who I'm praying for and then you can put it right back down. Come on, as the church is praying. When I count to three, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand saying, that's me. That's me. I see you. 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 Awesome. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Amazing. Amazing. If you're watching online, you raise your hand. You make that decision there in your home, in your office. Let us know in the chats. We've got pastors and leaders there that are praying for you. With eyes closed, head bowed, those of you who raise your hands, I'm going to say a simple prayer and I want you to repeat this prayer with me. In fact, the whole church, why don't we sing it out loud? Say it out loud, not sing it. We're going to sing it a bit. But repeat this prayer with me out loud. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my savior from today on i'm saved i'm forgiven and i'm healed in jesus name amen amen and amen come on a big congratulations to every person that made a decision to follow jesus hands went up here and possibly online today if you raise your hand we have a connect tent outside we would love for you to pass by and pick up this Bible. We also have a small gift we want to give you. It has a wristband and I think a coupon for free coffee from Calvary Cafe, Circle Cafe, which is absolutely amazing. We don't want you to go home without this Bible. It's going to help you. It's for new Christians. It's for new believers. In fact, if you came with somebody and you know you raised your hand, you opened up their eye, you weren't supposed to be looking, but you know, take them to the connect area. And we want to make sure this Bible, no strings attached, it's a free gift. But I know this Bible is going to help you. If you're watching online, we'll mail one out to you as well. Thank you, BJ. Come on, everybody thankful that God, he can lead our life well, direct our life well. I'm telling you, I'm excited about this series. And I love that it came up right after Joshua. You can be in the promised land serving false gods. And today we're dealing with the God of us. Next week, we got the second God that we're talking about that competes for the throne of our heart. Bring somebody with you. Don't come along. The kids are having a big water party next Sunday. And we're starting Summer at Calvary. Just ice cream outside, hug somebody, talk to somebody, ask them what connect group they're going to be a part of. Let's pray as we leave this place. We're going to celebrate. Can we sing alive? 
Let's sing it live. We're going to throw a party today. Come on, with every hand lifted. Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you will do. Jesus, we give you all the glory. We pray that you lead our life this week. We thank you. We love you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and that we move forward in all you have for us. Amen.